Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. Welcome to episode 29 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I'm joined by Steph Sheeran. She is a Rivero carnivore and fasting coach, and she's also the one of the co-hosts of Beyond the Scale true healing on YouTube. Thank you so much for being here today, Steph. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, Well, let's jump right into you telling everyone about what brought you to carnivore and when was that? Okay. Um, I'll try to give the short version, uh, but it's, it's 50 years in the making. So, uh, to kind of start at the beginning, um, I was obese from a very young age, like four or five years old. Um, so of course I was done a lot in school. Um, pretty sure I was very food addicted already at that young age. I would, um, sneak food and hide to eat it like everything from, you know, craft American cheese slices to just sliced bread, you know, um, or even cold uncooked hot dogs. I, I remember like hiding to eat those things. Um, just un- unable to control the urges to do that. And I think that just was kind of my coping mechanism, um, using the food to self-soothe, self-soothe at a very young age. But that of course led to feelings of shame and guilt and, and all of that at a very young age. Um, I had brain fog, a lot of daydreaming, probably undiagnosed ADHD, Um, as early as I can remember, like in the first grade. Um, Fast forward a couple of years, um, I was introduced to Weight Watchers at the age of 14, uh, which made things much worse as far as my self-esteem and, you know, because I'm being told that what I am is not normal, basically. and it wasn't, but I didn't understand why. I didn't understand the concept of why I couldn't just be like everybody else. Um, then college, I skipped classes a lot due to depression and used food to cope with all of that. Um, left college at the end of my freshman year. Um, 
and had my first thought that I might be actually addicted to food, but I had no idea what to do with that information. I kind of had this epiphany, like, I can't control the urge to do this. I remember digging through couch cushions, you know, <laughs> um, trying to find loose change or, you know, a couple of bucks so I could go to the store and get my next sugar fix. Um, but I didn't know how to stop it or, or exactly what that means. Um, shortly after that, I got married and had my first baby at 21. And at that point, I was over 200 pounds. Um, tried what I thought was healthy eating, like a lot of salads, very little meat. Um, of course, none of that worked. <laughs> Uh, I discovered the low fat movement. So that was like early nineties. Um, and, and, you know, I, you probably wouldn't remember this, but there were like snack well cookies and everything was labeled fat free. So I kind of went with all of that. Um, Actually, I remember my mom, my mom had a stash of Twizzlers in the car or wherever she was. And she was like, well, they're fat free. So they're not. that." <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the things that I lived on for a little while. Um, I actually became anorexic at that point um, with all of the fat free stuff. Um, I lived on Twizzlers, uh, fat-free, anything labeled fat-free. So when I would eat, it would just be like fat-free popcorn or pretzels out of the vending machine at work, Diet Mountain Dew, snack well cookies, that kind of stuff. Um, I was limiting myself to 20 grams of fat a day, but I also rounded up. So I would kind of like obsessively count the grams of fat that I had eaten just all day long at work, everything just constantly going over that total in my head and adding things up over and over again, extremely obsessive. Um, but since I was rounding up, I was probably getting less than 10 grams of fat a day. Um, I lost 112 pounds in seven months doing that. Um, somehow I ended up having a second child um, and put on like 30 pounds or so. Um, but because my mind was still in that kind of obsessive state, um, I didn't go back to that anorexic mindset, um, but I did start exercising and over-exercising. Um, so I started taking like cardio um, karate classes, cardio kickboxing, and then became an instructor. So I was teaching nine to 11 kickboxing classes a week, um, plus working out at home and also using laxatives. Um, so I've done a lot of damage to my metabolism over the years. Um, there was a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, in my life at that time, um, divorced, got married again, abusive relationship, had baby number three, gained back a lot of weight, um, a lot of depression, anxiety. Uh, and by the time that ended and I started really working on myself, um, met my current husband 
Um, but I was probably somewhere around 240 to 260 pounds at that time. I'm not sure exactly. I didn't have a scale at the time, but just going back through some medical records um, and, and photos and things, I'd say that's, that's what I weighed. Um, so fast forward again to 2014 or so, um, I was finally diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. Um, but that was a fight to get that diagnosis because the PCP I had at the time actually laughed at me um, because he said my TSH number, the thyroid stimulating hormone number was within the normal range, even though it was at the very highest level. Um, he said it was still normal. So kind of laughed and said, yeah, we'd all like to blame our weight on something like that, but that's not it. You're just overweight. You need to eat less, move more, you know? Um, he never mentioned, of course, that I had the antibodies for Hashimoto's. I didn't find that out until I went to an endocrinologist who confirmed that I did have Hashimoto's, put me on thyroid medications, um, along with metformin and spironolactone, because I also had PCOS, endometriosis, um, and hirsutism. Um, none of that really helped my weight issues or just the overall feeling like I was always just, I was just always tired and always achy and the thyroid medication we thought was supposed to help with that, but it never actually did. Um, so she put me on a weight loss medication called Contrave. Um, that helped with my impulse control um, and kind of helped put me on the right path to figuring out that food really had a big part in why I was feeling the way I felt and my weight and overall health and well-being. Um, I'm off of that now, have been for a couple of years, but that medication left me with some neurological issues um, that I'm still dealing with. So I do not recommend any kind of weight loss drug. Don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> um, you can get the results in a much healthier way. Um, around 2016, I started eating gluten-free and just whole foods, like a sort of paleo diet, um, then progressed to low carb. I thought I was keto because I was eating foods marked keto, um, <laughs> but <laughs> that wasn't really the case. My macros never really matched. Um, but the whole time that I was doing that, I was also restricting calories, like a thousand to 1200 calories a day. Um, I would skip meals to try to still be able to fit keto treats into my macros. Um, so that was a big, big red flag that I was really addicted to any kind of carb or sweet taste. Um, 20, January 1st, 2021, I started carnivore after finding Dr. Barry because I was just tired of restricting and feeling hungry and miserable, even though I had lost a lot of weight, like 70 pounds. 
um, doing low carb, but it was all restriction. And I still just felt like all the time. Um, with carnivore, I finally gave myself permission to actually eat and nourish my body. Um, but I was doing that on my own. Um, no, I didn't belong to any community or anything like that. And my husband and I owned a pizza shop at the time. Um, so that made things pretty difficult. Uh, there was a lot of temptation around, uh, definitely no kidding. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we had really good pizza. Pepperoni rolls were phenomenal. Um, but I, I didn't do that often. That was like maybe once a month kind of thing. Um, but for 2022, uh, starting to January, 2022, I, I haven't had any kind of cheats. Well, I guess if you call like Coke zero or any kind of um, zero calorie sweetener, maybe a couple of pickles is all I've had so far this year. And it's now November, mid-November. Uh, so 11 months with no cheats and the cravings are gone. Um, and I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, that was, that was perfect. That was great. Uh, what really stood out to me is I feel like our stories have some parallels because I remember I, I was addicted to food by four or five and I grew up, you know, getting made fun of at school. I was a 130 pound first grader. And, um, so I, I knew that, you know, I was a fat kid and what made it worse though, what made my relationship with food so much worse, my relationship with my body so much worse was when my dad started putting me on diets when I was, you know, a young kid and in my teens. Cause it was like, well, not only am I getting it at school, but dad saying something's really wrong with me. And he would say, you know, kids are going to keep making fun of you and you're going to have a heart attack and all, all these things. Um, but, um, and and that it, it didn't, none of that ever made me want to eat any less or, you know, ever find out how to feed myself right. It just made things worse. Um, and so you dealt with some binge eating and um, some secret eating. And um, uh, when I was keto, low carb also, I was still binging on keto treats. Like if I could make something like crazy with keto foods. Like I'd make a keto ice cream sundae and I thought it was healthy because it was, it said keto on the ice cream. And I would mix like butter with cocoa powder and make a chocolate drizzle. And I'm like, Oh, this is so much better than <laughs> the real thing. Um, it was better, but, but still not good. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. And I never in my entire life, I never knew it was possible. I never experienced, you know, just not, not being, feeling shackled to food until carnivore. And so you, you experienced something similar, right? You, you, um, coming to carnivore, it's given you some freedom. Yeah. And that was just it. You, you know, you use the word shackled. That's, that's exactly how I felt. Um, and that was the power of that addiction to anything sweet. Um, 
you know, in, in our minds, we can say, you know, well, it's, at least it's not sugar, you know, at least it's not, you know, the normal or real thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that doesn't mean that it was good for us either. Mm-hmm. And just that addiction and keeping you kind of, you're really just enslaved to food at that point. Like that's all you can think about is, like I said, I was restricting, I would skip meals. I would skip dinner so that I could have all the keto treats that Mm -hmm. I couldn't stop thinking about. Yeah. Um, and so the name of the show you co-host is beyond the scale. Has that, does that have significance to your journey? Also, have you been able to move beyond the scale? Because I know for me for a long time, it was all about what the scale says and, you know, that dictated everything, but finding true healing, like, like the, like the name of the show says it, the scale has, has no, no power over me anymore. Ha, have you had a similar experience? Yeah. A similar, um, in that that's not my goal anymore. My goal is just continuing to feel as good as I feel right now. Um, yeah. so if, if I think about that number and kind of let that lead me, it, it just puts me back in that obsessive chronic dieting mindset. Um, And I realized once I came to carnivore that the number on the scale really didn't matter. Um, You know, know, I still have a number in my head that I would like to see on the scale. And it's like 20 pounds less than what I am right now. But that's not (laughs) my focus. So my focus and going beyond the scale and the true healing part for me really was overcoming that addiction. Um, Being food addicted and and having food obsessive thoughts just dictate my entire day, dictate my mood um, and everything that I did, you know, causing irritability and all of that. Just, it's so freeing when you let go of that um, need to be a certain number or a certain size. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it heals your mind. It heals your soul really. Um, and focusing on the health benefits of healing and eating properly versus being a number or a size. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cause I've been, I've been a lot, I've weighed a lot less than I do now, but my health was in the toilet. It was in the absolute toilet. And I, and this is the healthiest I've ever been, um, which, and I'm at a weight now in the past, I would have been like, oh my God, I, I need to start restricting like a hardcore, you know, but it's, it's not, it's not a thing to me. Cause I, cause I feel healthy and I, and like you said, sure. I'd like to see, I'd like to see visually the scale be like 20, 20 less, but it's yeah. not, it's not like this pressing thing. And if it, if it ever happens, it happens, but I'm totally content how I am now and, and not that's struggling with all those health issues. Right. And that, that's such a great feeling, right? It's just mm-hmm. so freeing. 
Yeah. Um, so did you have any issues adapting to the carnivore diet? I kind of did. Um, <laughs> so I remember being, oh gosh, that was, that was probably this year. Like once I stopped all of the cheats, um, yeah, I, I had probably 10 days where I was just so incredibly tired, mm-hmm. like felt like my body weighed a thousand pounds. Like it was just such a struggle to move and accomplish anything. And yeah, that was kind of my adaptation in the second year of carnivore really, because like I said, I wasn't having those cheats or anything. So I don't know if that was, um, kind of readapting or maybe oxalate dumping or something like that. But yeah, just, just being very, very tired. Okay. Okay. How about your digestion? Were you okay? Cause you said you were a low carb before. So maybe you had already added in more fats and meats into your diet. Was, was digestion an issue for you at all? Um, not until kind of recently when I went high fat. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I, I had some digestive issues here and there before carnivore. Um, I had a lot of constipation because that's one of the things that goes along with Hashimoto's, um, just chronically constipated for most of my life because I didn't get diagnosed with Hashimoto's until I was in my forties. Um, but then occasional bouts of diarrhea, probably when I had some higher fat than what I was used to. Um, but then recently I tried to do the 80, 20 version and that caused a lot mm. <laughs> of really, really horrible digestive issues. Um, so I, I, I just kind of backed off of that. I tried all of the kind of remedies to try to get over that. The only thing that really helped me get through that was, uh, electrolytes and I made some, um, gelatin, like unflavored beef gelatin, but I would add uh, flavored electrolytes to it. Um, stevia flavored electrolytes, um, and full fat, plain Greek yogurt. Um, but then as soon as I would stop doing that and try to go back to 80, 20, the issues started all over again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that wasn't fun. I'll try it again, but I'll go very, very slowly and kind of yeah. very incrementally increase my fat back to 80, 20, take a gentle approach. Yeah. Yeah. I know that when I first started carnivore, like it was very hard for me to digest fat and mm-hmm. it would give me terrible diarrhea. As time go- goes on, I feel like I'm able to tolerate more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think for maybe the last month, I've been trying a high fat, like an 80, 20. Um, and I was really terrified to do this <laughs> because of my history with, you know, these terrible bouts of diarrhea when I had too much fat. Um, yeah. And it's been going okay. Um, it's not been like how I imagined it would be. And something that's really been helping me is I have added in an HCL supplement, um, Mm -hmm. 
with pepsin. And I feel like that really helps me to digest the fat better without it. I'm not having diarrhea, um, with have, doing the high fat, but I will get really nauseous if I don't take that HCL oh, with okay. my meal. That's, that's probably the yeah. one thing I didn't try. I'm not that okay. familiar with that, but I tried like the ox bile and okay. enzymes and dandelion, dandelion root tea. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Steph, if you do get back around to trying a higher fat, I would totally recommend it. It's really cheap. Okay. And I, I had bought a bottle a while ago when I first started carnivore and I, I just kind of wrote it off and I was like, well, I'm going to try the digestive enzymes instead, which those were good and they were more expensive. So I was thinking they were going to work better. Yeah. And I just had this jar of HCL just sitting in my cabinet and something told me to try it out while I was trying this high fat and, and that ended up being like a, a big thing for me. So that that's something I'm trying to like get the word out about now is hydrochloric wow. acid. Yeah. yeah. Cause our, our stomachs make it anyways, but you know, wow. uh, like I know from years of dieting or even Hashimoto's, I think that can cause you to have lower stomach acid too. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's good to know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tip. I'll yeah. make sure I have some on hand before I try that again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay. Well, what, and what do you eat now? What do you eat in a typical day? Um, so now it, it kind of varies day to day, but, um, like most, mostly just red meat, um, and some eggs. Uh, I've backed way off on the butter and everything, um, just because of those di- digestive issues. Um, but and bacon, most mostly bacon, eggs, ribeye, ground beef. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. Once in a while, we'll do like a pork roast or or chicken thighs. Or my husband will get on a, a kick for chicken wings, and we spend mm-hmm. a lot of time and money at Buffalo Wild Wings. So okay, but for the most part, day to day is just beef, bacon, and eggs. Okay. Um, do you, do you just season with salt or do you use other seasonings? Most of the time it's just salt, but, um, like if it's wings or chicken thighs or something like that, I like to add, um, carnivore companion seasoning okay. or Redmond seasoned salt or something like that, just for a, a little, um, because chicken can be kind of bland. Yeah. Right? Chicken needs some help. It definitely yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, yeah, those are some really good helpers. They're they're delicious. And sometimes um some taco seasoning from Carnivore Companion um to ground beef. Like if I'm just having a bowl of ground beef, then I'll I'll add some of that. Okay. Part, it's just salt. Okay. Um, how about dairy? Do you include dairy? Um very rarely. So just in the form of butter, um, a little bit of heavy cream, maybe a couple of times a week, like two tablespoons, a couple of times a week. Um, or if I'm having digestive issues, then the Greek yogurt, but other than that, not a lot. Um, I'm not, 
a big cheese person. Not that I don't like it. It just, it's not something that I naturally go for. Okay. I envy you because I feel like cheese is like, (laughs) it's my weakness. That's that's the one thing I can go overboard on. And then the thing is like, I, cause I'm not going to I'm never going to restrict ever again in my life. You know, I'm, I'm a carnivore. I can eat as much as I want, but the problem is dairy does give me inflammation. So it's like, if I have too much, I know I'm not going to feel that great, but I love, I love cheese. Um, I've noticed that too. If I have, um, if I do end up with like sour cream or if I were at a, I don't know, like a holiday or a birthday like a party or something like that. And I, I pick at some cheese because there's not much else for me to eat there. Um, then the next day I definitely have inflammation, even just with the smallest amount. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So speaking of gatherings and parties, Thanksgiving is next week. Can you believe it? Uh, Oh my gosh. I'm not ready. (laughs) Um, this will air much later than Thanksgiving, probably January, but what, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? Are you having something at your house or are you going to be going to someone's house? Um, I'll be hosting Thanksgiving. So I have four adult children, um, and they're all out of the house. So they'll all be here. Um, I'll make sure that there's, I mean, obviously there'll be a turkey, um, like carnivore deviled eggs and probably some cheese <laughs> and maybe like some salami and things like that. Um, but then I'll also have the things that they eat because they're mm-hmm. not carnivore. So I can control what's here, but I'm also, you know, making sure that they have the traditional stuff that yeah. they like, because because they're adults. They're like your age and I want them to still come and see me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got to offer them something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, and I, I know you were talking about your kids earlier and then, but then when you say I've got four adult kids and like, it caught me by surprise a little bit. I was expecting some of the younger, because Steph, you look amazing. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. You. 50 years old. Okay. Yeah. And you've got a glow. You look youthful. You sound youthful. Oh. You're winning. You do, you're doing a good job. <laughs> I'm trying. That, that's, that's my goal. Like, I want to, I want to grow old, but not be old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I want to be an active elderly person. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be confined or restricted in what I'm able to do. I want to live, you know, I want to live a long life, but I want to spend that living, not yeah. trying to survive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, has your family been pretty supportive of your diet change? Yeah. Um, my husband actually joined me as a carnivore probably about a year ago or close to a year ago. Um, we sold the pizza shop, so he's not (laughs) tempted by all of that anymore. Um, my kids, 
they're supportive, but they don't show any interest in Mm -hmm. changing. Um, My youngest, who also has Hashimoto's, um, I've convinced her to go low low carb. She'll do it for a couple of months. um, And then she kind of falls off because she's, she's out Mm -hmm. on her own. She's, she'll be 21 in a couple of weeks. Um, So she's, she's out doing her own thing, but she does notice that whenever she does follow more low carb and less processed food, that she feels a lot better. Her inflammation goes away. She actually lost 26 pounds doing it. Her endocrinologist was in awe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Um, well, you mentioned how carnivore has really helped you with the, with your relationship with food, um, and, um, it's eased your Hashimoto's. How about hormones as you're, as you're getting older? Um, and like, like sometimes, you know, women, we can have imbalances. Have you experienced any relief in that area? I have. Um, now I lost my period when I was in my probably early forties and okay. it never really came back. Um, so I guess I, I kind of skipped over all of the, the menopause stuff. I assume that's I'm postmenopausal at this point. Um, but I did have a lot of hormone issues as far as, um, like the hirsutism that I mentioned, and that's where, um, women grow like a coarse hair on, on their chin. Yeah. Um, that has greatly improved. I stopped taking, um, spironolactone. That's what that was prescribed for. Um, stopped taking that years ago. Um, but I noticed a huge improvement in that since going carnivore. Um, my hair was falling out like at an alarming rate. It, it's still a little thin, um, kind of in the front here. Um, but it stopped falling out like around March of this year. Um, and it actually started growing back. So I have a lot of like new growth kind of short stuff that always sticks out and pokes me in the eye. Um, but my hair loss has slowed down or stopped and it's now growing back. So that's huge. Um, yeah, my thyroid medication has been reduced three times this year. And That's awesome. I imagine it'll be reduced again. I have blood work coming up in the next week, um, but I'm, I've kind of got symptoms of having too much medication, like leaning more hyperthyroid instead of hypothyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine that medication will be adjusted again. But yeah, lots of hormone improvement there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the, it's called hirsutism. Is that what? Hirsutism. Hirsutism. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I've never been, I've never been like formally diagnosed, but since I was a teenager, I would have, it, it was, it was like hair on my face and, uh, and a thicker mustache. And I always thought it was like hereditary, like, and it just showed up because I wasn't blonde. And 
like that there wasn't much I could do about it. And I would always joke that, oh, my husband thinks I'm so pretty because he wears thick glasses and most of the time he doesn't have his glasses on. <laughs> but, um, but that's something that I did not expect coming to carnivore to really be improved because I would have to wax all the time or, you know, I really have like a five o'clock shadow. And like, I remember um, when the, when the pandemic started, I was actually happy to wear a mask for a little while because <laughs> I was covered I up. <laughs> I know, like, I don't have to shave today. I'm going to wear a yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's been something that has greatly improved because I haven't, I haven't had to wax my face in a long time. And it's not like I, I, I looked in the mirror the other day because I was like, oh, it's been a while. And I just walking around here looking like a Wookiee or something, but no. And, um, and I had a lot of hair fall out too. And my hair has gotten really thick and, um, and yeah, so that's, that's a really, really cool benefit to carnivore. If there's anybody out there listening, it is really embarrassing as a woman, as a young girl, I remember people pointing it out and just know there's hope you know, that, that, that's something that can, can be healed through, through this way of eating too. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right, Steph. Well, I have one last question to ask you, uh, before you go, what advice would you give to someone just starting out on carnivore or just thinking about maybe giving it a try? Uh, I'd say, ease into it. Um, especially if you have any kind of notion that you might have like a food addiction issue, um, just kind of go slowly. Um, it'll really ease those ad adaptation symptoms. Um, so kind of just taper off the processed food while increasing the amount of meat that you eat. And then start decreasing the veggies and increase the meat that you eat along with the fat um, and kind of tune out all of the, the noise that you hear in the carnivore space right now. Like just get to carnivore first. Don't worry about ratios and macros and all of that. Um, just be gentle and, and go slow. Awesome. That's a great piece of advice. And then will you let everyone know where they can find you if they were interested in coaching and connecting with you or the um, Beyond the Scale show? Yeah. Um, so YouTube, it's Beyond the Scale True Healing. Um, you can find us there. For coaching, um, I have a website, thecandidcarnivore.com. That's also my, um, I have a Facebook page with the same name and that's my handle on um, Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me there. Anything the Candid Carnivore, that's where I am. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Steph, for being on the show today. You did a great job. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me and, and letting me share that with everybody. I appreciate it. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong, and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? 
connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.